before we actually get into the podcast, it's worth just mentioning, if you haven't already, uh, please do join our Fantasy Football League. Um, bear with me. Um, this is all very, very much recorded live and I'm very much quickly trying to get the Football League in front of me to remind myself of the code. Um, you ready for the code, Dan? I'm ready. It's, I am ready. It's also on our Instagram, on our Facebook. The code is P Y I R R O. There you go. Do you, do you have to give him the lovely people that they want some phonetics? You know what? I'm going to, and I'm going to give them uh, teams in the football league. So we're going to go P for Peterborough Ooh. United, uh, Yeovil Ooh. Town. I. Oh, what team begins with I? Should you want me to help you out here? Go on. Ipswich Town. Ah, Ipswich Town. Yep. R for Rochdale. Uh, there's another R for Rotherham. I'm not sure if these are teams or just places. <laughs> they probably have a team in the place. No, no, they're both, they're both <laughs> teams. They're both teams. And O for our beloved Oxford United. Yes. There you go. There you yeah. go. I've had a really productive day actually I feel like these last couple of days because the sun's been good it's been sort of a, a reason to um, work hard and football's back of course and there's loads of transfer speculation and there's loads of things to kind of get my teeth into for my entertainment so to speak I think that um, I mean I'd have to agree with you I mean I've you know it's been real Real nice these last couple of days. Um, and I think it's been topped off by said transfers and stories that, you know, you, you spoke about. I think, I don't think there's, I know obviously there's been some huge transfers already, you know, mm -hmm. mainly involving Chelsea, but I can't help but feel, and maybe slightly biased, Today, yesterday, is the most exciting time of the transfer window so far. Not just Thiago to Liverpool, but Bale to Tottenham. Mm. It's so, so exciting. Do you know what's, on that, that transfer, what's disappointing? I mean, one, it's disappointing because Man United were in for him and didn't get him, typical. But what's actually disappointing from a football perspective is that Real Madrid haven't like honoured him like you know other players who are very very successful at a club um, and then go on to leave there's normally some sort of hoo-ha some sort of like big thank you whether that be on social media whether that be in the stadium amongst the fans there's normally something big and nothing big has happened this is a player who has been the most successful British export in football in history he has uh Got more assists than David Beckham did at Real Madrid. And I saw a stat today. Dan, Gareth Bale scored more goals for Real Madrid than Brazilian Ronaldo. It's crazy, isn't it? It's he, crazy. 
it is crazy. I mean, Tottenham have got themselves a fantastic player back. I think, anyway. I think that the the only detriment factor that I can think of is whether or not the um, the amount of time he's spent sitting on the bench is going to cause his form a little bit of harm at the start. I see him getting over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's the only thing. But, I mean, Gareth Bale and Harry Kane. Wow. It's, it's not bad, is it? Not at all. That's fire. <laughs> but, um... It, he, he, he might be making an appearance in my fantasy football team. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a great shout, to be fair. Taking an early lead at the top of the generic football league is Amar Ali, up there on 84 points with the Cowley All-Stars. Yeah, shout out Amar. Shout out Amar and him dad. Um, Where are you? I, Where are you? You know what? On day one and two, yeah. it wasn't so great, but... I got some big points off of uh, Reese James, so I'm up to 10th, which isn't so bad. There's 32 teams in our league. That's decent. It's all right. At the very bottom of the league, on only 17 points is Holly Pickett with Pickett's picks. Yeah, I am eighth, by the way. You know, thank you for asking. Yeah, I I knew you were ahead of me by two points, so I didn't want you to, like, rub it in. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, like I have got to talk about something. I know we've glazed over the transfers. Um, yeah, go on. And and I will sort of I will come back to that. But what I wanted to say to you was last week, me and you done an unpopular opinion. Yeah. And that unpopular opinion couldn't be further from what actually happened. We predicted that most Salah would have an off. And then he went and banged a hat-trick, didn't he? He went and banged a hat-trick. And if it wasn't for Mo Salah, I would be in a bad, bad place. <laughs> <laughs> in the fantasy football table. Like, the fact that he was my captain, he got 40 of my 61 points. Wow. So, Mo, I apologise. Wow. You know what's so Just... funny? This is the third year in a row that I've refused to put Mo Salah in my squad. I think this unpopular opinion I seem to have every year. At first, I thought it would be a one-season wonder. Then I thought it would be a two-season wonder. And now, I don't know. Maybe we just have to concede that he's actually quite good. I mean, it's not something that I have to concede. I've always known it. Yeah. Something I have to concede. (laughs) He, um, the thing is, is, the guy's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I think he's got his... I was reading stats about him the other day and his goals and assists ratio to, goal, to games played is outrageous. I can't find the current stats at the moment, but he's just... He keeps performing. Is he the second fastest to get to 50 goals in the Premier League? Oh... That's something we need to check out. Behind Alan Shearer, I think I saw a a stat come up at the bottom of the screen on Match of the Day last week. I am excited by the prospect of having Thiago play behind him. Hmm. 
What a player. Um, so, it's going to be real interesting to see. It's going to be real, real interesting to see. Well, let's, um, let's use this as a nice segue to talk about um, last week's games and probably the pick for me and for many people of last week's games was the Premier League champions against the Championship champions um, in Liverpool versus Leeds. And for the non-Liverpool fan or even the mutual, um, you can't help but feel a little bit disappointed um, because Leeds put up a really good fight. You know, it's not easy to score three goals against Liverpool and Leeds managed to do it. Um, For me, I don't know how you feel, Dan, but for me, I feel... It was a mixture of Liverpool being lacklustre in defence and Leeds pressing really well. Um, but with the Liverpool being lacklustre in defence, is, is this early signs of you know, struggling to retain the title this year? No, it's far too early to make a judgment call like that. It, oh, we've been lacklustre for a little while. Yeah. We've been... The, Defensively wise, um, ever since Project Restart, we've we've not been at it defensively. The the one thing that worries me is exactly what worried me at the start of last season is this this real um, need to play a high line, mm-hmm. um, which we were caught out by a fair few times against Leeds, and. We were made to be punished by it, you know, a fair few times. And l- luckily enough, we got out of a couple of situations that might have been a bit tricky otherwise. Against a better side, you know, we got Chelsea this weekend and Timo Werner gets space behind your defence. He's not going to miss many guilty chances. Mm-hmm. So that's the worry for me. I, I mean... <sighs> To say that we're not going to retain this early on is would be scandalous to say. I think that we have a great chance of retaining. Um, if we do, if we do the business that has been mentioned, um, I know Tiago looks to be done. Ishmael Assar is another one that they're potentially looking at. I think that who Liverpool are. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. yeah, that's Ooh. apparently. Come out of the world because of Ishmael Assar, uh, 36 million is apparently what they're looking at. I think it's very early stages at the moment, but whether or not that happens, I think it needs to happen. Um, you know how I, I feel think about that, yeah, I think he's good, man. He's just the, the thing is, is we need someone to provide a challenge to that front three. Mm-hmm. Um, although they, you know, they do incredible work, it's always nice to keep players on their toes. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the defence goes, you know, this high line is is a worry. The I saw Van Dyke get a bit of a battering on social media for his mistake, and it's just casual. It's just casual stuff. That's that's how he plays. Um, I don't know whether it's a concentration thing. Um, it looked very blasé but we're not going to get many Van Dyke mistakes this season and I think people that are hoping for Van Dyke mistakes are desperate 
Mm. Would you say there was an element of maybe complacency on Van Dijk's part there or Liverpool as a whole? I mean, it'd be silly to say that they were complacent. As in, well, sorry, I don't think it'd be silly to say they're complacent. I think it'd be silly if they were. I hear that, but, yeah. Part of me thinks, part of me thinks, yeah, there, there probably was a little bit. Mm-hmm. When you go into a new season, I think heads just need to be on the ball. Yeah. Do you know what I mean Leeds Leeds where, Leeds where Bielsa are concerned are going to be a decent side this year I don't think they're going to be you know they'll be challenging for top half well, but it, he'll have them struggling even watching that game I really thought to myself wow if Leeds are going to keep up this this high press this intensity they've got to be a really really fit bunch of players um, and come maybe Christmas I mean they've done it in the in the championship which obviously consists of more games but to keep up that level of intensity I could imagine around Christmas time a few players getting injured here and there you know leggy players it was pretty intense how you know how aggressively they sprinted at the Liverpool defence it was a mad intense press I don't think I've seen a press like that since like Atletico Madrid were trying to stay in the Champions League it's going to be mad interesting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, how they how they combat how they how they combat that for a whole season hmm. because their intensity their <clears throat> intensity makes up for lack of quality, which is a massive statement to make because I think Leeds have quality, but any promoted team that comes up is always seen to have to almost to be devoid because you always get them pre-season predictions that, you know, most teams are going to go down mm-hmm. after coming up. Mm-hmm. That intensity ensures leads make up for any lack of quality that they might have. Mm-hmm. Fully. Yeah, proper. Um, I fancy leads, you know, I think they will stay in the Premier League this season. Um, you mentioned just then, you know, Liverpool this weekend are going to Chelsea. Um, are they going to Chelsea or is Chelsea coming to Liverpool? Either way. Chelsea are going to Liverpool, I believe. So Chelsea up in Anfield. Um, some people have called this an early title decider. Um, and I just want to reflect on Chelsea's first game against um, Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, they won 3-1, but another game... Me, you know, a biased non-Chelsea fan who actively most of the time wants to see Chelsea lose. Um, I felt hard done by. I felt like Brighton could have and maybe should have got more out of that game. Um, Reese James with a a wonderful goal, which literally saved me in fantasy football. Um, Brighton had a player called Lamperty, I think his name is, who literally looks like a 12-year-old boy. He looks about five foot two. And he, the, st- the story is excellent. Like he recently was sold by Chelsea um, because they have Reese James at right back. But he really, you know, had a point to prove in that game. And I thought he was excellent. I thought he was wonderful. And yeah, I think Brighton were hard done by in that game. Kai Havertz was crap. Uh, Timo Werner was sort of isolated. <laughs> <laughs> what did you make of the game? 
as you're talking about Kai Havers, I'm, ta- I'm, I'm looking at potentially taking him out of my squad for real. Um, it's... <sighs> so, sorry, by the way, I got it wrong. Chelsea, Liverpool is Stamford Bridge. Oh, okay. So Liverpool, um, Chelsea. The... It was an interesting one because I completely agree. I think Brighton were hard done by. Uh, Lamptey had a great game. Um, I thought Brighton had a really strong game. I thought Neil Malpai caused a lot of issues, hurrying defences. The thing with Chelsea is, as good as they are going forward, which they're going to improve, their defence is... Not, it's not where it needs to be for a title challenge. Mm. They've spent so much money on this young goalkeeper, and I kind of feel sorry for him a little bit because it's not his fault that they've spent so much money on him. But he's not up to it. He's a keeper, not a keeper. Um, <laughs> he is exactly that. <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to think of something funny. I've just realised I'm not a funny guy. Just not a funny guy. You're a fun guy. You're Pete. Mouldy. Mouldy. Cheers. Fun you guy. Isn't it? Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> he's not up to it. And I think that with when you're challenging the titles, a goalkeeper makes a solid base. As we've seen with Edison and Anderson in the last couple of years. Exactly. I mean, I know they're looking at Mendy from Nice, I believe. Oh my God, have you seen his hands? No, I haven't. Oh my, they are humongous. Literally, he he literally looks like Mr. Tickle. His arms are mad long. (laughs) Mr. Tickle. Proper, yeah. If anyone hasn't seen, take this opportunity to check out. Um, I can't remember his first name, but it's Mendy. To be fair, if you type in Mendy, you're probably going to see Benjamin Mendy come up, which isn't who Chelsea are trying to get in goal. I might need to double check his first name. He plays for Rennes. Rennes. That's the Rennes. Rennes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's got big hands. Um, I watched the game with... My housemate, Max, shout out Max. He's a uh, big, big Chelsea fan. Um, And we were discussing Chelsea's choice of defenders. They went for Christiansen and Kurt Zouma, who are arguably Chelsea's two worst first team centre-backs. Furthermore, I'm not sure if you've noticed this, but Kurt Zouma makes passing a ball look like so much effort. Like he just has to side foot it, but he just, he has to wrap his whole body around it just to make a sidewards pass five yards away. Um, similar to Mamadou Sako has that thing where he makes passing look so difficult. I don't understand. Mam- Mamadou Sako makes everything look, make it look like it consumes a lot of effort. Yeah. That man is gangly on another scale. <laughs> um, I, can't deal with Kurt Zuma. Like I've tried, I've tried backing him. He is rubbish. Right, just out there. Don't you know? Christensen is twice the player that Zuma is. Mm. That's how bad I think Zuma. I think he's just 
You ain't winning a league with Kurt Zuma in your team. He's a modern day Titus Bramble, I think. Oh, that's big. That's big for me. I think that the issue you're going to face with um, Chelsea's defence is, like you said, then they're not great. Who would you have put in? Who would you? Because I'm not too sure on Fakeo Tamori. I think um, similar to what Liverpool have done with Gomez, I think partnering Tamori maybe with, say, like a Rudiger or a more experienced defender will do him the world of good. Um, and I think that's how you kind of speed up the the development for a player like Tamori. I don't think he's a bad defender at all. I think he's got a little bit to learn, but I think he's a better... Um, what's the word? Playing him for half the season even... I think by the end of the season he'll be a better defender than Zuma and Christiansen. He he definitely I think he's also going to benefit from maybe playing a few games alongside Thiago Silva. Um but yeah, I'd probably have put in Tamori yeah. and Rudiger if I was Lampard. I think I think that the shout of Thiago Silva for Chelsea is a good sign. Yeah. <sighs> it's just <laughs> I think it's how he settles. I don't think he'd be too bad. It's just aging legs, isn't it? Yeah. Wrinkly kneecaps. Wrinkly kneecaps, <laughs> which is what he's renowned for. Yeah. Um, have, have you ever like, he, really looked at footballers' kneecaps? Because it's often the only part of the body by the face that you can see. No, I can't say I have. I can't say it's one that I've been partial to looking for. To I'm, be honest. I'm a big kneecap fan. I think I've got a bit of a kneecap fetish. Really? Um, anyway, sorry. I, I mean, no, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I just want people to know how weird you are, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the it's it's going to be a top top game, but it's not, you know, title decider. Bit strong, bit strong. Um, I kind of want to talk about the Everton Tottenham game. Ah, oh, behind the Liverpool Leeds game, that was probably my favourite game to watch. Albeit a one nil victory, it was it was a good game. Did you? You asked me a question, um, and I've had sort of time to think about it, but I want, I want to know what you think first. Do you think Everton were that good, or do you think Tottenham were that bad? Well, I think it was a mixture, but after watching the game, um, my takeaway was more so how much Everton have improved as opposed to Tottenham. Were ba- I kind of feel I know Tottenham are bad. I kind of feel that's nothing new. I kind of, I already know that Mourinho makes bad decisions. Um, I think what I said to you is after watching the game, I felt that taking off Delhi Ali was a bad decision because if anyone was going to be that sort of creative, play that sort of number 10 role, which Tottenham so desperately needed, it would have been Delhi. But they took him off and brought in Sissoko, who I, I don't understand. I, I don't really get what, he's good for he seems a sort of box to box midfielder that isn't massively creative and isn't actually that great defensively I just feel like he's a bit of a 
slightly better version of Fred at Man United. He just passes the ball sideways a bit and doesn't... Yeah, but anyway, I, I just feel like Tottenham bringing on Sissoko and taking off Delhi just completely shut off their creativity and shut off their route from midfield to attack. And that's why the ball never really got forward for Tottenham and they just ran out of ideas every time. Whereas Everton seem to be... They seem to have a system and this is probably kudos to Carlo Ancelotti, but they seem to have a system and now it seems like they've got players who fit that system and they're not going to win the league. They're not... Probably won't get into the top four but at least they have some identity, which is more than a lot of other teams can say. Um, I think James Rodriguez, maybe after all, is actually a decent player. Maybe he sort of found his level being the best player at a team like Everton, as opposed to being on the fringes of, you know, these big Champions League teams. Um, yeah, I just think all over the pitch, Everton seem pretty comfortable in in the players seem comfortable in what they're supposed to do they don't seem to have areas that they need to to fill do you it's interesting your take on Mourinho um, because I mean you you've obviously had had more to do with Mourinho obviously being the manager of Manchester United for a period of time I think he's going to bring trophies to Tottenham don't get me wrong I don't think that they're going to be you know the Premier League or the Champions League but I think he will win trophies um, I agree with you that the, the Delhi Ali switch for Sissoko especially the time of it as well mm. being at half time I mean, it wasn't after an hour or 70 minutes. It was at half time when there was so much of the game still to play. Yeah. Um, was was quite mystifying. The, the issue that Tottenham have is that I don't necessarily believe Deli Alley is the type of player to find that intricate pass. No, I, th- I think um, the the hole that um, Ericsson left has not been filled. No, and I think that that's the issue that they face and they are going to struggle until they fill that void. They've got creative players, don't get me wrong, Hyunmin Son is a creative player, but what Ericsson brought was different. Ericsson brought that siphoning pass. Mm-hmm. And if you can release Harry Kane one-on-one, it's a done deal. Mm. So it's, whereas with Deli Ali, I find him being more of an attacking outlet. He's he's the guy that runs, makes the late runs into the box. He's the guy that might drag a defender away for Kane or Kane might drag the defenders away for Ali mm-hmm. rather than being the guy that's going to feed the ball through on a sixpence. Mm-hmm. Um, so where does Bale fit in kind this because Bale isn't really a direct replacement for Ericsson I don't think anyway I think Bale's a novel no, attacking player yeah I think Bale sits on the wing I think Bale it probably you'll find that once Bale's fully fit I think it's a front three of Son, Kane and Bale at the expense of Lucas Moura yeah 
is is what I think will happen. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, that front three sounds incredible. It does. <laughs> actually, yeah. It works. It, it sounds so so good. The but they need someone. I know they're after a striker still, and they're going to sign that left back from Real Madrid as well. Who's Rig? I'm, I'm going to murder his name. Regulion. Regulion. I think you said it perfectly. Um, so you've got you've got that base covered because obviously Danny Rose hasn't even got a squad number this season Um, and I don't think that Ben Davis is the the answer Mm -hmm. for when you're trying to challenge the sorry Given, given obviously the, the the lack of Ericsson type player, maybe they shouldn't look for a striker because you're only going to find. I don't want. I don't know what type of striker you're going to find that's going to want to sit behind Kane the whole time. Hmm. Well, it's like, do they go for youth or do they like Lorente? Find a player who's kind of getting on and happy to be a squad player. Well, I read today. Um, on the Twitter universe that Danny Ings really is is an Indian boy, but I don't understand why Danny Ings would leave the club that he supports to go and sit on the bench for Tottenham that makes no sense to me whatsoever unless it's a financially motivated decision after sitting on the bench for Liverpool for however long well, see, the thing was with Danny Ings is, is it was it was a crying shame because he had, I think he'd done his ACL twice during his time with us, so he didn't actually get much of a chance. He started off pretty well. Hmm. Um, I'd, I'd still have Danny Ings at Liverpool because yeah. um, he causes issues. But, I mean, Tottenham could do a lot worse, but I don't, I see it being more of a, more of a, disappointing move for him rather than for them yeah but but on the opposite note I think Everton done really really well um, that Alan looks an unbelievable boy um, screening in front of that Everton defence I don't think that they could have done much better in terms of the transfer market yeah this is I know, exactly- I know everyone would go even on, so I was just going to say, I know everyone was about Hamas Rodriguez's uh, and I thought he played okay, but I don't think he was as good as what everyone made him out to be. Mm. I don't know if there's sort of like this this overhyped scenario whereby they say, oh, you know, he's really good because of who he is and the reputation that he comes with. But, you know, I, I thought he was alright. Don't get me wrong, he had a deep, he had an alright game, but people are blowing smoke up his ass like he's the best thing since sliced bread and I kind of was a little bit I was trying to work out where that was coming from yeah I think he obviously showed signs of class but I think what it is with Everton for me is you know a lot of teams even at the you know the top end of the Premier League seem to play players out of their natural position and it shows whereas I can't help but feel with the way Everton play now with Alan doing his job so well, it's very, very clear that all the players are playing in natural positions 
it all seems to fit. They all seem to know what they're doing. And like you said, Alan was, I mean, he was, yeah, he sat in front of the back four and cleaned stuff up. So nice. It reminded me of Kante at Leicester. Um, maybe not Kante at Leicester. He didn't intercept as much as Kante at Leicester, but he just he just sat and just did what he needed to do. And yeah, excellent game for Alan. He looks like a real good signing. I think with Hammers, I, I tend to agree with you. I, he didn't play particularly amazing, but what he did do is just show little signs of class and signs of things to come. Like he played a few passes out to Ricarlison that were nice passes, and you can see in future games those passes being really killer passes. Um, he's the kind of player. Come to think of it, he's the player Tottenham should have signed. I, I see where you're coming from because I think in that hole he might be all right, but it's. Is it not a gamble? I mean, we 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 said last week that the last time he performed was at a World Cup six years ago. <laughs> yeah, true. You know, what? it's funny because even before last week, I was all like, "He's actually crap. He's actually no good." We just gassed off that goal in the World Cup. But after watching that game, I feel like, oh yeah, obviously, you know that there, there is some class there. Um, I. I- I kind of don't doubt that there's class there. The problem that I have is, is how often that class is shown mm. and how many times he'll go missing in a game. I mean, in all fairness, it is Everton. So, you know, Everton are the team. Remember, we always explain, and I've probably offended a load of Everton fans, but we always say Everton are that team that were at the event but then in 10 years time when you're telling a group of friends about the event that happened and Everton is one of these friends you're like oh yeah you should have been there it was amazing and this happened and Manchester United and Chelsea and Liverpool and yeah man even at the bottom you know like Brighton and Aston Villa and West Ham but you always forget Everton were there because they just they don't win anything they don't really lose anything they're just sort of in the middle and so what really I don't know what's if he goes missing in some games that's fine because Everton go missing in most games he only needs like three (laughs) really good performances this year and it's a good signing for Everton (laughs) (laughs) that is scathing that is scathing (laughs) I I think that the the good signing, I think the good thing with Everton as well is, is like we were talking about Alan, but they've got Decore as well, which is going to do the same job. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I think you'll find that them two are going to have a great partnership. Yeah. Um, but I think Everton fans can be excited. Um, I still think they need a striker, which really splits opinion because I think Calvert Lewin probably is the most divisive striker in the league I think he's a bit of a Patrick Bamford in the sense that he'll get lots of chances but he'll miss like loads of easy ones but then score a fairly difficult one like it was a great header he scored yeah it was a good goal I don't fancy him in one-on-ones and you should your number nine should be a one-on-one king 
the I mean, I don't even, and it, uh, maybe a bit of an unpopular opinion, I, I'm not even a massive fan of Richarlison. Yeah, he's pretty divisive too, because I, I definitely see the quality, but then I also massively see the inconsistency. And he's got that the attitude I don't think is great as well. He, he tends to have a bit of a strop every now and then and like throw his toys out the pram and then lose his head. And I think he needs to mature in that respect and find a level of consistency. Yeah. I almost feel like if you have that mood, you have that mood for a reason, like, you know, you're the guy. Like a Neymar. And maybe he, yeah, and maybe he is the guy because he's in a small pond, which is, you know, is, is quite disrespectful to Everton, but, you know, for where they stand at the moment, you know, maybe that's you know that's where he is but I can't help but thinking maybe you should sort yourself out a little bit before you start going at others yeah agreed he doesn't have the reputation to have such a such an ego I think talking of upsetting fans how about we talk about Arsenal um Dan, I, I hate to admit this because growing up Arsenal were like scorn enemies scorn sworn enemies of, of Manchester United you know there was a real rivalry Sir Alex Ferguson and um, Arsene Wenger and all of that stuff but there's something that I'm starting to like about them and I, I think first and foremost it's Aubameyang I think Aubameyang is quality and you know that's Arsenal's best signing this summer without doubt the fact that he's re-signed this new contract Ian Wright's likeable I think they've got a really good team actually I am gonna bring up another unpopular opinion oh here we go Aubameyang he is undoubtedly a great player yeah all of these Arsenal fans that are going on like they've won the lottery and, you know, they've, he's, you know, starved off loads of, you know, loads of clubs to stay with Arsenal and all that. I can't help but think Arsenal are the only team that are going to offer a 31-year-old a £300,000 a week contract for three years. Mm. Like that's that's a lot of money. Like, don't get me wrong, the guy's good. The guy's unbelievably good. You know, arguably one of the best strikers in the league. But I kind of think to myself that the what happens? What happens if you know he, you know, he's getting a little bit older. He loses that little bit of pace. You're still paying three hundred thousand pound a week for a guy that is going to be thirty-four at the end of his contract. I mean, some players can do and it, you're kind of, and you're kind of giving him like, if I'm if I'm paying someone three hundred thousand pound a week, they are leading me to trophies, which he did FA Cup. They are leading, they are leading me to greatness. <laughs> I don't think they'll win another trophy. Oh man, I wouldn't, I can't see them winning a trophy, but I think they're going to have a, 
a more improved season than they have over the last five, maybe. Yeah, but, yeah, but that's not difficult. They, they finished, what, eighth last season? Yeah, fair point. I just think, you know... It, I mean, what, these, like, for Arsenal, I think being realistic, if you're a fan of Arsenal, you've, you've got to just accept that you're not really a top four club anymore. Um, but one thing Arsenal have lost that's even more detrimental to the fans and to the culture is the culture of the club. They need players. You know, Arsenal are a team that, you know, had Henri, um, Cesc Fabregas and Van Persie, you know, all these players that were like really celebrated and really, you know, the kind of players that you put statues outside the stadium for. And I think Aubameyang is that player. And if they were to lose Aubameyang, they lose a huge part of their culture and their identity. He is their captain and he is the player that young players look up to in that squad. Um, I, I think it goes back to what you said. I think maybe, maybe I'm looking at this from a wrong point of view. Maybe I'm looking at it that it almost seems a desperation tactic from Arsenal. Because the they know they have to keep hold of him so they're doing whatever means necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Bale's the same age. How much is he getting paid at Tottenham? I mean, criminal amounts. Mm-hmm. Criminal amounts. But I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not doubting. I'm not doubting how good he is. I'm not, because you, you've got to be blind if you can't, can't realise how good he is. Mm-hmm. The bloke is sensational. I just... I just kind of feel like Arsenal blew everyone else out of the water. Not because he was like, oh yeah, I want to stay and be a legend. Like he said, I think it's just because they were willing to pay him about £100,000 more than anybody else. Do you think on Aubameyang's part, this was all money motivated and less to do with his love for Arsenal, his supposed love for Arsenal? So if Aubameyang wanted to win trophies, he would have left Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Straight off, like no doubt about it. Like another thing you just said is um, about other clubs being interested in him. I don't think there were. So maybe he didn't actually have the chance to leave. Barcelona, are they going to? You're always going to. You're always going to hear these paper rumors, right? And and you know there may well be a chance that. You know, that that's not the case. But I, I can't help but think that if someone's in the last year of contract, a guy like him, someone someone is sniffing around. Mm-hmm. Because good strikers, good strikers, or left wingers, or whatever you want to call it, are hard to come by. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but think that there are plenty, of more, plenty more step-ups than Arsenal. Oh yeah, definitely. There's at least five in the Premier League alone so that's my issue do you know what I mean I don't want like I can take the fact that I, you know I'm digging at Arsenal it's not it's not a dig at Aubameyang because I think he's unbelievable I mean don't get me wrong if if I had to choose between him or Henri it's Henri every time mm. every single time Based on goal difference, they're currently top of the league as well. 
not goal difference, sorry, based yeah, on yeah. alphabetical order, they're top of the league. And I tell you what, Willian, by the way, who I have um, a lot of time for, but I've lambasted their decision to, you know, sign him on a three-year deal for the, you know, silly amount of money that they're paying him. He is just oozes class. You think so? I think he's a pretty divisive character too. He obviously performed extremely well in that game. I think, what, did he get three assists? Um, I think technically, I think he officially got two. Oh, okay. But I mean, he's got a pretty divisive character because he spent, what, seven years? It's easy to take for granted he was at Chelsea for a long time and never really was incredible. Like, he, he did well, but he was never incredible. And so it's, it's, he's quite divisive in that respect that Chelsea fans, they're not upset that he left, which is very telling, I think. On a weekend where he performed a lot better than Kai Havertz. <laughs> May I reiterate? I don't think that he... I don't think Chelsea fans were happy that he left. I'm basing this entirely on my housemate Max who is sick of Willian who hates Willian he thinks he's a glorified um, Alex Awobi because he just runs forward does a little shimmy and then passes backwards wow I know it's it's harsh isn't it but uh, yeah that's I I don't think he's the only Chelsea fan that thinks that (laughs) yeah I think Alex so real harsh. Um, I, I think I think he'll do well for him. I think he'll do well for him. I don't think that they're going to get top four, and I don't think that they're going to win anything. But I think that his personal stats would be pretty good this season for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I think Fulham will be in the relegation zone for the majority if not all of this season. <laughs> I think I think we both put them down in our pre-season predictions and I mean, you can't really base it on Arsenal because for, the Arsenal aren't the team that Fulham are going to be battling against. But I think what sticks in my mind is how bad they were defensively the last time they were up. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, although I think they'll be better, I still don't think they'll be good enough to stay up. Yeah, agreed. What do we have left? Who else has played games? Uh, West Ham lost to... Was it Newcastle? Yes, and I am happy about that because I said that West Ham were going to do rubbish and Newcastle were going to do good. So that makes me look good. Yeah, I, I think yeah, Newcastle, they look good, don't they? I think Callum Wilson's a bit of a nice, shrewd bit of business. What I did find really funny is uh, when he said, this is what dreams are made of. Um, Because I just really thought about him and thought, was it always your dream to join Newcastle and get a scruffy goal against West Ham? If so, fair play. That's That's, you know, some players have dreams of lifting trophies and stuff, but you just want to get a scruffy goal against West Ham. Good for you. I mean, I think that 
he this is a big season for him the Euros are at the end of the season if he, he could put himself in a real good um, position to get into that squad mm-hmm. I think it'd be massive for him if crowds are allowed back in the stadiums because if he starts scoring goals and crowds come back in they are going to love him this is one thing about Callum Wilson, and this is one thing that as fans we very, very easily take for granted. Um, I don't know if Callum Wilson has a family, but if he does, moving from Bournemouth to Newcastle, that is so far. That is really far. Yeah. That's mental. That's a, well, it's opposite of the country. Yeah, that's a big distance. I mean, they speak a different language almost. <laughs> I mean, like you said, you don't really factor that in. <laughs> you don't really factor in the, the thought process that goes behind it. But he, it's a good career decision. It's a very good career decision. I mean, there's not many more clubs I'd want to play for than Newcastle if I was a Premier, Premier League footballer. I feel like you've got a bit of a soft spot for Newcastle. I just I just like the passion I noticed this last season as well I just like like the raw emotion of the fans and the and Newcastle when we were growing up were a good side yeah Shearer and you know Shearer Bellamy Dyer Loire Loire yeah Milner Amiobi all these players all of these players and you know they were like Champions League Nobby Solano and I kind of want them to yeah oh Nobby Solano <laughs> Lauren Robert oh man um, Shay Given anyway and <laughs> so it's one of them it's one of them whereby you kind of want them to get back to that pedestal that they were once on yeah fair yeah I, I think I I quite would like to see Newcastle have a really good season and kick on part of me for like selfish reasons and for the entirely for the sake of entertainment I'm quietly disappointed that the um was it the, was it Qatar or Dubai or one of those countries consortiums were going to buy Newcastle and I I hear they were corrupt Saudi Arabia. was it Saudi Arabia okay yeah I heard they were very very corrupt but it would have been nice to see another really rich club um, maybe they would have bought Messi the, yeah the excitement of the first window yeah exactly um, but yeah shout out Newcastle and uh, I think we said on the last show where we were calling it that uh, David Moyes is probably a, a contender to be the first sacked um, and I think that still stands after that pretty poor performance I, I, I still I mean, obviously it's too early to tell that West Ham could be in trouble this season. Yeah. That's shit, man. That's my local as well. West Ham. The, um, <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. I thought your local was Millwall. Say again. I thought your local was Millwall. 
Oh, it was, but I, I moved a, over a year ago now. So I was in uh, yeah. the southeast of London. We, we're good. <laughs> I'm now in more <laughs> East London. I'm yeah near the Olympic Stadium, near Hackney, and then placed there. Hackney, Hackney. Leicester, Jamie Vardy, having a line. Yeah, I thought. Uh, Vardy was quiet until he scored two goals, but that's what Vardy does, doesn't he? He just scores. Yeah, Leicester, it'll be interesting to see how they play when Madison comes back. Um, I'm pretty sure, buddy. I am 95% sure, and I'm just going to have a look now, that James Madison played last weekend. He didn't play the whole game. He he came on for 15 minutes. Oh, okay. 15 minutes, yeah. Yeah, because at the start of last season, he was, you know, a real, a real talisman for them, and you know, a real um, asset to Jamie Vardy. So it'll be interesting to see when he gets like a good run of games, how he performs. Um, I can't say, you know, Leicester narrowly missed out on top four last season, um, and it's hard to really suggest they've improved or not. They've bought this new player. Is it Castagna? Who got his goal? But yeah, uh, I'm not sure. He's is he a, is he the player that's gonna push them that little bit more into the top four? I just think amongst yeah, all the other teams around them, I don't think they've really done much to improve. They're about to sign Schenkes under, aren't they? Schenk, that is a wonderful name. Schenkes under. Yeah, I can't say I've heard of Schenkes under. So, it's Schenkes. Under. Schengen. So like under is in second name. Under is in like over. No, yeah, literally U-N-D-E-R. Schengen's under from Turkey. I've got him up on the Wikipedia, born in 1997. Yeah. Oh, I remember 97. And he's- <laughs> We're so old. <laughs> We're so old. And he's coming from Roma. Yeah. Okay. I don't know too much on him, but if he's decent, he's in the fantasy football team. That's let's leave it at that. Fair. <laughs> um, West Brom. I think they're they're first in my book to go down. As sad as it is, um, I know a great guy that's a West that's a West Brom supporter. You know, he's sort of a little bit worried about the season, and I think with good reason. I think the lack of investment. Um. Is is a worry? Yeah, I agree. I see uh, Jake Livermore getting loads of yellow cards. Do you think the rest of the team look up to Jake Livermore because he's got England caps? I, I'm still shocked how he got England caps. He got a fair few as well, didn't he, for a little while under Roy Hodgson? Yeah, I didn't. I never got that. I, I never really saw how good he was. Until Roy. Roy works in mysterious ways, mate. He absolutely does. Um, I have very little to say about West Brom. I sort of have a small affinity to them because I, I have a lot of family up there. But like I said, I, I think I said this on last week's show, it's a horrible accent. That part. <laughs> that part of it is sort of like what? Is it like northwest of Birmingham? Oh, it's horrible, man. The... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on just just so we don't upset the whole of Birmingham. 
Um, the talking of Roy Palace one, which is you know up there with my uh, with my predictions. Just a little bit gutted that Mishy Batshuayi didn't get on the pitch whatsoever. Uh, didn't you make him your captain in your fantasy team? Nah, Salah, mate. Salah. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I was. That was. I'll be honest. That was the only game at the weekend that I didn't watch. Well, I started watching it and I got kind of bored. If I'm honest, that was the only game that actually bored me a little bit. Um, but Zaha got his goal. Missed a pen as well, didn't he? Oh, I missed that. I missed him. Missed that. Did he miss a pen? Did he miss? Oh no, I think he just had a goal chalked off. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Offside. That was it. Yeah, that was the one. That was the kidding. Um, so that pretty um, much rounds up our games. Unless you had something to say on Palace I, and Southampton. Nothing on Palace and Southampton. I did want to mention one of the most shocking things this week. Yeah. How much would you have put a bet on Jack Grealish signing a new five-year deal? Well, we say this, but players can still get, you know, bought and transferred. So signing a five-year deal doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be there for five years. I think it was... I didn't... I mean, one, he's probably got, you know, a very good, you know, wage package. And also it means for Aston Villa that inevitably when a bigger club do come in for him, they're going to have to pay a lot of money to break that contract. I just didn't expect it to happen. Um, I kind of thought that he was more going out the door than signing a new contract. Um, I I don't know. I, I kind of, you know, I, I can see a genuine love from Grealish for Aston Villa. You know, he's he's a fan. I think he he fantasizes about this idea of like winning trophies for Aston Villa, which I guess is sort of a pipe dream really I don't see it happening but while they are in the Premier League he I think he'll be willing to play for them if they go down next season then ultimately he'll definitely leave and he would have definitely left if they went down at the end of last season but I don't know I think he's kind of stuck between do I play for the club I love or do I chase trophies and I think he genuinely I mean a lot of players choose the latter but I think Grealish genuinely is is stuck there it's um yeah it, it just like I said it just it just kind of knocked me for six I think it's great for Villa um their talisman staying but it'll be very interesting to see how the season pans out, whether or not they go down and if they do, whether or not he honours the contract. Yeah. He's another one of those players in a similar way to how I feel about Arsenal. You know, I used to hate them, but they've grown on me. Grealish, I used to hate him. He reminded me of, remember when we played Sunday league football and there was always a team and there was always some mouthy and he was always small and mouthy and had like slick hair and like used to roll his socks really high and have really nice boots and just an asshole. Grealish is that guy that's just, you just want to slap him up. But I've started to like him. I don't know what it is. Like I kind of, 
he's become a sort of pantomime prick if that's a thing like a prick that I just kind of think ha look at him he's being a prick again how funny I like him <laughs> <laughs> the um yeah I, I completely get what you mean I, I think that it's I, I think it was the socks and I so it sounds so weird but I think it was the socks that done it for me I was like why are you wearing your socks like that like how small are your shin pads? And I think I just took literally. I think I just took a liberty with him because his he's got small shin pads. Small shin pads. Yeah, I kind of rate it. I'm playing five aside football on a Sunday, and I might wear really small shin pads. Why are you playing? Why are you wearing shin pads for five aside? No, I don't normally. I used to wear ankle pads, and even then, people would oh like take the pee out of me. You are so trying to. You are so trying to crawl out of that hole. And you, you're so you're the guy that wears a sh- that wears shin pads to a five side game. Oh, mate! Well, protection is important. You know, you got to look after. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to look after. I've got. You know, I quite like my shins. I quite like my kneecaps, and oh. I want to keep them protected. Mate, if anyone is going for your kneecaps, just walk off. <laughs> Don't wear shin. No life. Well, this this is a five-a-side. Shout out the the crew that play five-a-side in Brixton. Shout out Rohan and them, man. Um, last time I played in this five-a-side, I did get pretty... um got kicked about a bit. I think they couldn't handle the pace, so they started just kicking me a bit. I felt a bit like Grealish, actually. You know how he always gets fouled, um, but he remains smug and continues to score goals and get assists. That's exactly how I felt. And that's why that's why I like Grealish, because I empathise with him. I get it. I know what it's like to be really talented and have style. <laughs> modesty, modesty was always your strong point. <laughs> yeah. Right, I think, I think that's it. I think... I think we've covered everything. We've covered it all. One thing we didn't cover, um, and I haven't really looked into it too much, I'm not sure if you have, but Macclesfield um, are folding as a team because they couldn't afford to pay, I think, the £500,000 fee, um, which is mad because this has happened on the same day that a player who earns £600,000 a week has moved to Tottenham. Um, Um, Which is outrageous, by the way, because... The amount that Premier League clubs, um, I don't think it would have hurt them to all stuck a little bit in the safe them. Yeah. Um, but no, good luck to Macclesfield. I hope, I hope something comes out of it. I hope something positive comes out of it. Yeah. Agreed. Thanks, Dan. Till next time. Catch you next time, man. 